of giving up after all you've seen after all ha God has done and if God could do that God can do this whatever your this is whatever your problem is whatever your challenge is whatever is standing before you whatever your this is today no matter how dark it may seem no matter how troubled it is if God could do that God can do this. Will you tell somebody, if God could do that, God can do this. Now praise him for delivering you and bringing you through. Bringing you out of the power. Thank you, Extension. Let's praise God for them. Clap your hands and praise God for their ministry. Remain standing just for a moment. Thank you for being here this morning. You had to set your clocks up to make it on today, but tell your neighbor, I made it. Give yourselves a rousing applause. The Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 5. John 5 and 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Tell somebody he was sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. In verse 6, Jesus asked him the question, Do you want? to be made well. Ask your neighbor that question, do you want to be made well? Be seated, be seated please. Seems mighty strange that Jesus would ask a man who was sick, do you want to be made well? Man had been sick for 38 years. That's a long time. He'd been waiting at the place of healing for a long time. 
In that day, the legend was that when the water of the pool was stirred by the wind, the first one who got in the pool would be healed. So this man, for years, had come every day to the pool waiting to be healed. But Jesus, before he would do anything for the man, paused to ask the man, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? If some of us had been there, we probably would have interrupted the Son of God. We would have said, of course, Jesus, this man wants to be made well. Of course he wants to be healed. Of course he wants to be able to walk. Of course he wants to be able to operate like anybody else is able to operate. Why else would he be here? Why else would he be waiting at the place of healing? But let me say it was very important that Jesus should have asked that man the question, do you want to be well? Because there are many people who prefer to be sick. There are many people who prefer their handicap. Some of them prefer to be sick because they feel that sickness or being handicapped accomplishes more for them than being well accomplishes for them. After one service, I saw a lady walking by me with a neck brace on her neck. She explained that she'd been injured in an automobile accident and was experiencing some significant discomfort. I stepped near to her and said, well, let me pray for you. She said, hold it. Don't pray yet. I got a lawsuit in. Uh-huh. After I get my money, you can pray for me. At that moment, she did not want to be well. She preferred being sick with a little money in her pocket. But there are others in this category who don't want to get well because if they got well, they would lose their disability assistance. Come on, y'all. And so they don't want to get well. They'd rather be sick. Some, not all of these individuals, would have been disappointed if they recovered to the degree that they would lose their support. There are other people who don't want to be well because they don't want to bear the responsibility that well people have to bear. They don't want to have to perform at the level that well people are supposed and expected to perform at. People are supposed to show up for work. People are supposed to be on time. People are supposed to perform their work at an acceptable level. And sickness can be a good excuse for underperforming. Sickness can be a good excuse for not coming up to the standard. And so many people don't want to be well because they don't want to be held accountable. And if you call upon them and say, hey, why didn't you do? You know I'm sick. 
You know I have an impediment. You know I have a handicap. I can't be expected to perform like folk who are well. They don't want to be well because they don't want to be judged as a normal individual. There are some people who don't want to be well, and they give up whatever it is because they don't want to have to give up whatever they'd have to give up to be well. If I am well, then I have to take some medicine. If I'm going to be well, I, I may have to go through an ordeal or a trial that'll be difficult for me. They choose a lifestyle or a pattern of behavior which they know can lead to sickness and disease. Indiscriminate sexual promiscuity, heterosexual, immoral, unpermitted sexual involvement with folks that you're not supposed to have it with. Indiscriminate sexual promiscuity of a heterosexual nature. Tell your neighbor now you dealt with the heterosexuals now. Immoral sexual involvement for homosexuals. I'm talking about the heterosexuals too and the homosexuals and the bisexuals folk on the down low circuit immoral sexual involvement of a trisexual nature what is trisexual? those are the ones that are try anything perfect examples of the kind of behavior I'm referring to the AIDS pandemic, the spread of other various STDs are expressions of the preference of many folk to sacrifice their health and the health of others on the altar of pleasure and on the altar of gratification. Sexuality is a marvelous gift from God, but sexuality uncontrolled and ungoverned is a destructive monster. Will you look toward your neighbor and tell your neighbor sexuality? Uncontrolled and ungoverned is a destructive monster. And so sexual behavior must be subject to God's word and to God's spirit if it is to make its greatest contribution to humanity and to the individual. You've got to get it under control. You've got to bring it into conformity with the word of God. And some people would rather follow a wicked pathway and confront trouble, destruction, sickness, and pain rather than follow God's word and be delivered and set free. The list of things people do to destroy good health is endless. Substance abuse, alcohol abuse, an improper diet, lack of exercise, reckless driving, Reckless behavior, smoking, and nicotine are some of the ways that people say, I don't want to be well. If I have to make sacrifices to be well, I'd rather be sick. I don't want to give this up. I don't want to give that up. But in reality, they're not giving their sickness up either. I wish I had a praying church today. So important. It's so important that we understand that good health is prerequisite to everything else we pursue on the earth. 
Sickness at its worst leads to death. And to fail to make every effort to attain and maintain health will sooner or later diminish the quality of life and make you a liability rather than an asset. So whatever you've got to do to be healthy physically, you ought to be willing to do it. Whatever you've got to give up to be healthy physically, then you ought to be willing to do that. Let me also take a moment to talk about folk who choose to remain in a state of sickness rather than to endure the painful treatment, surgery, or discipline required for healing. The doctor may observe that he's found a dangerous growth, a malignant growth possibly, on a person's body, and that immediate surgery is essential to the person's health. But the person concludes that the radical nature of the remedy is too frightening, too painful to accept, and he decides to keep the tumor, to defer the surgery, to wait on the treatment until a, a later time. Other people say, I don't like the medicine the doctor prescribed, so I decided I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, people like that would rather be sick than to take the medicine that would make them well. So Jesus was right. Tell your neighbor Jesus was right. Jesus was right in asking the man whether or not he wanted to be made well. Jesus might well have said to the man, listen, I don't want to deprive you of something you want to hold on to. It may be that you prefer the life you're living. It may be that you prefer the road that you're walking on. It may be that you enjoy being brought here every day, lying in the sun all day. It may be that you enjoy the friendship that you've developed with other infirmed and miserable people, the fellowship of the miserable. It may be that you enjoy not being able to work. It may be you enjoy having an excuse for not being productive. It may be that you enjoy lying here all day long telling your friends and talking to your friends about how rough it is and how tough it is and how poor you are and how lonely you are and how sad you are and how troubled you are. Do you want to be made well? Come on, ask your neighbor, do you want to be made well? There are people who prefer physical sickness, but then there are also people who prefer spiritual sickness rather than spiritual health. They feel that there are too many benefits that they would lose if they really became serious about their walk with the Lord. They feel that their life on earth would become too restricted, too austere if they gave their hearts and committed their lives to the will of God. They feel that they would be deprived of too many of the joys of life if they really became serious about being spiritually healthy. Others don't want to bear the responsibility of a vital spiritual life. So they arrange to be as close to God while being far away from God as they can. They want to be close, but not too close. They want to be just as far away as they can be and still claim to have a modicum of spiritual strength and validity. They're afraid that God may call them to the ministry if they really surrender their lives to him. 
They may feel that God may send them on some mission that is great and strenuous and significant. And there are some who are caught between their desire to be spiritually healthy and their desire to hold on to something that's destructive to their spiritual well-being. They want to be healthy, but there's a stronger desire to avoid the sacrifice. There's a stronger desire not to give up what the Bible would say they have to give up. There's a stronger desire to enjoy some of the things that are not approved by God. So they would rather be sick. After all, so many others seem to be satisfied to walk in the fields of spiritual mediocrity. And since so many others are not reaching for God's highest and for God's best, there's a tendency on the part of many to lower their spiritual aspirations and to accept less than the best. But how many of you know, you know, you can't look at people to determine what your spiritual level or condition ought to be? Somebody say, Lord, help the preacher. There are certain areas of life where we should never settle for anything that is less than the best we can attain. There are areas of life when we should not ever decide, I'm going to accept a mediocre level of performance. In Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 14, we find a very shocking statement. The Bible says in Jeremiah 6, 14, they've also healed the hurt of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Look at your neighbor and say, slightly healed. These are people who had a critical injury, who had a severe spiritual disease. And Jeremiah proclaimed that they had assumed that their disease had been cured. They had assumed that the treatment had been successful, when in reality, they had only been slightly healed. Their spiritual physicians had proclaimed peace, peace to them, had told them everything is all right. You're cured, you're delivered, you're healed. When in reality, they'd only been slightly healed and they were headed for disaster. Maybe they caused skin to grow over the wound rather than getting to the heart of the wound and removing the infection which would have allowed the infection of the wound to be healed from the inside out. It may be that these spiritual physicians told the patient the disease was minor. It's not a major deal. It's no big deal. It's going to be all right. When in reality, it was a major condition and a deadly condition. They may have given uh, the patient sugar pills and painkillers while the disease was running its course and getting worse and worse and worse. Some of you observe, have observed the course of a spiritual disease. You've observed the course of a physical disease and a physical sickness. Initially, there may be no outward impression that a person has a critical sickness or disease. They look just like everybody else, walking just like everybody else, smiling, talking, eating, going about the affairs of life, but still the disease is deep within them, deep on the inside. 
maybe only after a while was the condition discovered by a biopsy or by an x-ray. But still the person looked totally healthy. He looked all right. But gradually, after a while, the individual began to lose or experience a loss of appetite. After a while, weight began to come off of the individual's body and began to, to lose the vitality and the physical strength and size and uh, physique that he had had uh, before. As time went on, the person began to sleep more and physical weakness began to overwhelm the possible, the person's body. After a while, the eyes began to look gaunt and various kinds of discomfort and pain began to afflict the individual's body and various emotions and, and their mind. And more and more, care from others was necessary to the point that the individual could hardly do anything for themselves. Have any of you ever observed the course of a physical illness as it got worse and worse? Gradually, the sparkle left their eyes and the color left their skin and their faces became gaunt and almost unrecognizable. After many weeks or months of sickness and decline, then finally, the individual was gone. That was the course of a physical illness. And in many cases, if action had been taken in time, the course of that illness could have been blocked and stopped, and the person might well have recovered. But how many of you have observed the course of a spiritual disease? Folk make a wonderful start. Come to the altar praising God. Accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And they go on sometimes for many years faithfully performing their responsibilities, coming to church, worshiping the Lord, reading the Bible, praying, seeking the more of God's power, being filled with the Holy Ghost. But somewhere along the way, something occurs. Individual gets distracted from the things of God and attracted to those things that are contrary to the will of God. And rather than praying their way out of it, they submit to the onslaught of temptation that comes their way. Godly enticements and temptations are entertained and take up residence in their mind. The evil and sinful thoughts that the devil brings to them are no longer fought and rejected, but they're accepted into their minds and ultimately into their hearts. Hallelujah. They become less powerful and less strong thoughts of God and, and his service began to grow weak and, 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 and thoughts of the world and thoughts of sin began to grow strong and enticing in their hearts. And rather than forcing their spirit to feed on the things of God, the flesh begins to feed on ungodly thoughts and the spirit grows weaker and weaker. Look at your neighbor and say, the man you feed is the man who will rule in your life. If you began to feed your flesh the evil things of the world and the things that the devil presents to your mind, your flesh will become stronger and stronger. 
especially when you're not feeding your spirit what your spirit really needs to survive. But if you feed your spirit, build up your spirit, fifth in your spirit, your spirit will take charge of your life and will rule your life in the power of the mighty Holy Ghost of God. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. You cannot move toward God and away from God at the same time. For a while, this individual continues to show up for worship. But worship is, is a boring thing to him now. Worship does nothing for him because he does not participate in it. And, and the joy of worship is less and less present. And listen, when you are in this weakened condition, prayer and study of the word of God decreases. You don't love God's word like you used to love the word. Bishop Blake can be up there preaching his heart out, and you're saying, oh, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, uh, is that him again? Yeah, it, it, it's him again. But listen, you, you're not here for the preacher. You're here for the Lord. And, and listen, if you really love God, anything somebody says that's right and good and biblical about God, you want to hear it. You want to accept it. Hallelujah. Somewhere along the way, the person starts saying to himself, listen, I'm not what I ought to be, but I'm all right. I'm doing good. Uh, my, my performance is acceptable. Peace, peace. The person starts saying peace to himself. Every, everything is going to be, yeah, they say peace, peace. Uh, God is merciful. I know I'm not where I need to be, but uh, God is merciful. Yes, and I, I agree with you. God is merciful, but God is also just. And he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. Yes, he's merciful, but God is just. And he's not willing that any should, should be destroyed, but he's willing that you should come to repentance and accept uh, the Lord. Come on and somebody say, praise the Lord. And then another way that people say peace, peace to themselves is they say that, listen, I'm no worse than other so-called Christians are. If they are saved, then I'm saved. Well, what you don't know is that they are not saved. And if you make the wrong person your model, you're certainly headed for destruction. Jesus is our example. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is our example. We're not following folk, we are following Jesus. The Bible says, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, we are in a race. And, and, and we've got to run. We cannot stroll. We cannot walk. We cannot tiptoe through the tulips. This is a race. And we've got to run with all of our might and with all of our strength. And we're not going to be able to do it without looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. And so people say peace, peace to themselves by saying I'm just like uh, so many other folk that are also in the church. But listen, you and all those folk better get in line with the word and the will of God if you want to be blessed by the power of God. They say peace, peace to themselves by saying, listen, uh, I know I'm not right now, but before I die, uh, I I'm going to get it right. I'm going to repent someday. But listen, you may not live to see someday. Now is the time. Now is the hour. Today is the day when you must accept the Lord. Salvation is much nearer than when you first believed. You've got to get in line with the will of God right now. Look at somebody and tell them now. 
Well, they say, well, you know, I, I know I'm not right. I know I'm not uh, everywhere I need to be. But listen, I, I've, I've been wondering about this thing called hell anyway. I, I, I just don't believe that, that a good God would send uh, people uh, to hell. I, I, I don't believe in hell anymore, so uh, I, I'm all right. I don't have to worry about it. Maybe the Bible is wrong. Maybe the Bible is wrong about hell. But let me, let me say this to you. Uh, you feel maybe the Bible is wrong. Uh, let me say maybe the Bible is right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd, I'd, I'd rather not live trying to wonder whether there's a hell or not and then find out that there is one. I'd rather believe that there is one and be wrong than to believe there's not one and be right. Come on, somebody. Jesus died to keep us from going to hell. Jesus gave his life to protect us from eternal torment. Jesus is the son of God. And if Jesus believed in hell, I believe in it. If he died to keep me from going there, then at least I ought to live to keep from going there and being lost forever. Hallelujah. People say peace, peace to themselves. They say, well, peace, peace. I've got a good reputation. Uh, people think I'm all right, and so if people think I'm all right, I must be doing all right. But the Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And listen, your reputation doesn't mean a thing to God. And then they say, well, peace, peace. I believe in Jesus. Isn't that enough? Uh, listen, the devils believe also, and they tremble. But the devils are not saved. It's more than just saying you believe in Jesus. You've got to commit your life to the Lord Jesus. You've got to accept him. You've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to let your life be transformed by the power of Almighty God. And the devil has always been lying to people, telling them, as he told Adam and Eve, you're not going to surely die. The Lord knows that your eyes are going to be open, and you'll see like God does. But listen, the soul that sinneth shall die. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29 and 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall be suddenly destroyed, and that without remedy. The Bible says in Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death. The Bible says in James 1:14, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed, but when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, will bring forth death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Come on and help me praise the Lord. Help me praise the Lord. Why go to the doctor's office, sit in there for 15 or 20 minutes, and just before you're called in to see the doctor, get up and walk out. Listen, you don't get well because you go to the doctor's office. You get well because you accept and receive the treatment that the doctor can provide for you and give to you. And if you receive the treatment, and if it is good, you'll come out alive and you'll come out well. But listen, just looking at the doctor is not going to change things for you. Showing up at the doctor's office is not going to change things for you. You've got to see the doctor. How many of you know the Lord is a real good doctor? He can fix anything that's wrong. He can fix anything that's out of place in your life. And the Lord said in Hosea 14 and 4, I will heal their 
backsliding. Tell two people, get ready to be healed. Get ready to be delivered. I will heal their backsliding. Spiritual healing will take place through repentance. Somebody ought to say repentance. Repentance is godly sorrow. Repentance is to turn away from sin. And the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7:14, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you know our land needs to be healed? How many of you know that we are in need of spiritual healing? But the Lord says you've got to humble yourself. Too much pride in the world and too much pride in the church. You've got to humble yourself. And the Lord said pray. Hallelujah. Call on the name of the Lord. I heard the Lord say call unto me and I will answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things which you do not know. If we knew the omnipotent power of prayer, we would seek God even the more. We would call on him with all of our hearts and with all of our spirits. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We've got the privilege of prayer and prayer is the lever that can move the world. Pray when you're blocked in. Pray when you're weak. Pray when you don't know which way to turn. Pray when you're overwhelmed by things that you cannot control. Hallelujah. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. The Lord said, then I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive sin and I'll heal their land. Lift your hand and say, Lord, heal our land. Lord, bring us out in the name of Jesus. In the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter said to the people, repent and let everyone be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto as many as the Lord our God shall call. God promise you the Holy Ghost if you will repent. Healing takes place through repentance. Healing takes place through believing in Jesus Christ. And the Greek word is to believe into Jesus Christ. Believe him so firmly that you become a part of him. You enter by faith into all he did on the cross and on the day of resurrection. You walk in him. You live in him. You pray in him. You worship in him. Oh, bless the name of God. I got on more planes than I wanted to get on this week five or six times, flying from one place to another place. I could never have done it on my own, but I got in the airplane 
I sat down in the airplane and fastened my seatbelt and the airplane did the rest. Child of God, believe in Christ. Sit down in Christ. Fasten your safety belt. Put your trust in God and Jesus will take you higher than you've ever gone before. Help me praise him. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Healing will take place not only through repenting, not only through believing, but healing will take place through self-denial. You're going to have to deny yourself. There are some things you're going to have to withhold. There are some things you're going to have to avoid if you want to be healed, if you want to be delivered. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34, whosoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Oh, bless the name of God. And Jesus said in verse 35, whosoever desires to save his life shall lose it. But if you lose it and give it up for my sake and the gospel's sake, you will save it. What profit is there to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Take the world, give me Jesus. Take the world, give me life. Take the world, I'd rather have salvation. Yes, yes, yes. Healing takes place when you walk in righteousness and walk in holiness. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Lord, help me to walk in your way. Oh Lord, help me to do your will. Oh Lord, help my life to be pleasing in your sight. If you find anything in me that should not be, take it out. Say, Lord, take it out. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Healing takes place when you let God help you to walk in holiness. Hallelujah. I know the attractions of the devil seem so beautiful and so positive, but there's death and there's suffering and there's pain. It's a joy to live for God. It's a joy to obey God. It's a joy to do God's will. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding in all of your ways. Acknowledge him and he shall, he shall direct your path. I don't know about you, but every day I say, Lord, lead me, guide me, direct me, help me to obey you, help me to please you in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hand and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'll read my word. Yes, Lord. I'll fast and pray. Yes, Lord. I'll follow you. Yes, Lord. I'll worship you. Yes, Lord. I'll praise you. Yes, Lord. I'll get in the press. How many of you know it's a press? How many of you know it's a press? The Apostle Paul said, listen, I don't feel like I've got it made. I don't feel like I've attained, but I'm still reaching and stretching that I might obtain that for which the Lord has obtained me. And then he said, I press, I press, I press for the mark of the prize of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. Lift your hand and say, Lord, help me to press, help me to press into your will. Help me to press into your glory. Help me to press into your anointing. Help, you to, help me to press into your power. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, everything you've got for me, I want it. Lift up your hand and say, Lord, everything you have for me, I want it. I want the Holy Ghost. I want your power. I want your holiness. I want your anointing. Lord, I want it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I come to a close, Jesus looked down at the man and said, listen, I don't want to mess up your fun. I don't want to mess up your good time. Do you want to be well? It may be you're satisfied to be like you are, but I want to know, do you want to be well? The man began to make excuses like so many people make even in this day and time. And Jesus, as if to say, I don't want to hear your excuse. I just want to know, do you want to be made well? And somebody in the house ought to say, Lord, I want to be well. Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of spiritual weakness. I'm tired of going to church, not feeling anything. I'm tired of not being what I ought to be. I'm tired of being where I am. Lord, I want to be well. Lord, I want to go higher. Lord, I need you to work a miracle in my life. Lift up that hand and say, Lord, I need you to work a miracle in my life. Somehow the man must have communicated something positive to Jesus Christ. Somehow he must have communicated, yes, I want to be well. I'm tired of carrying my bed. I'm tired of lying on this bed every day. I'm tired of being brought up in here every day, lying here all day long. I'm tired of people looking down on me in pity. Yes, I want to be well. Yes, I want to walk. And Jesus looked down at the man and said, listen, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And the Bible says immediately the man began to walk began to carry his bed, began to walk rejoicing in the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. I hear the Lord saying, get up, take up your bed, and walk in the name of Jesus. I've got good news for you. I've come back to tell you, whatever it is that's carrying you, you're going to turn around by the power of God and carry it. Whatever it is that's been supporting you, you by the power of God are going to turn around and be a blessing everywhere you've been a liability. The Lord is going to lift you higher than you've ever gone before. The blessing of the Lord is in this place right now and you can have whatever you need in the name of Jesus. Come on and praise him. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Yes, 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 hallelujah. Glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Clap your hands and praise him. Yes, 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 yes. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Praise him, praise him. Simon Peter, locked in jail, bound in chains, soldiers all around him, but the saints prayed for him. While the saints were praying, an angel showed up in jail, said, Simon, get up. When Simon Peter got up, chains began to fall from his body. God put a deep sleep on the soldiers that were around him. And every door he came to opened up for him to go through. Grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, when you stood up, your chains fell off. God stands against every enemy that you have. And every door you come to is going to open so you can go through. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. Praise him, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Anybody in the press? Is anybody in the press today? Has anybody decided, listen, I'm going to press. I'm going to press. I'm not going to give up until I get everything God has in store for me. I'm tired of being sick. I'm tired of being inadequate. I'm tired of being in and out. I'm tired of being up and down. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being troubled. I'm tired of being in distress. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to press. I'm going to press with everything I've got within me. Are there any pressers in the house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Every head is bowed. Do you want to be well? Do you want to be delivered, set free, blessed? Do you want God to be pleased to smile on you? To provide for you, to sustain you, to guide you? Or would you rather re re remain in the condition and in the plight that you're in? Why be lost when Jesus died for you? Why be less than you can be when he died to make you everything you can become? We serve a Lord who rose from the dead. And if Jesus arose from the dead, there's no limit to what he can do in your life, in your soul, in your spirit. I pray that every person in this household, in their hearts, say, Lord, I want to be well. I want to be blessed. I want to be lifted. I want to be carried all the way into my destiny. Everything God has for me, I want it in the name of Jesus. I'm speaking especially now to those who have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord. Speaking to those who are not saved, those who are not sure that were they to die today, they'd see the face of the Lord in peace. Jesus died for you. He rose again that you might have life. This is your day for life. This is your day for forgiveness. This is your day for complete fulfillment in the will and in the way of Almighty God. I will pray for you right where you are. If you would say, preacher, I want to be saved. Preacher, I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Preacher, I want my sins forgiven. I'm tired of carrying the burden of sin on my life. I want to go to heaven. If you're here today and you said, preacher, I want to be saved in your heart. You want your sins forgiven. You want your life changed. If that is your desire, if that's your sentiment, if you'll raise your hand, you and I will pray together and the Lord will forgive every sin you've ever committed. The Lord Jesus will come into your life and you'll never, ever be the same again. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If that's you, and you would say, Preacher, pray for me. I'll pray for you right where you are. But I need to know you desire prayer. Lift that hand and let me pray. Lift it in the name of the Lord Jesus. Pray for me, preacher. I want to know the Lord. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be sure things are well between me and the Lord. In the balcony, the Spirit of the Lord is reaching out to you also. Lift up that hand as your way of saying, God, I want to be saved. I want my sins forgiven. Dear Lord, I pray for every individual who's lifted their hand, and for everyone who should have lifted their hand, I pray this day, dear Lord, that you will come into their lives, that they will never, ever be the same again.